When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just baptized myself right here with my drink. So. <laughs> Good start to the show. Uh, welcome to Bark After Dark. Uh, Jake and Jake here with you. Jake Rowe, Jake Roos, same initials. Um, look nothing alike, thank God, for Roos. He doesn't look anything like me. Uh, but listen, we got – we got man, I'm starstruck a little bit tonight. We got Brandon Adams on. And uh, I don't get to hang out with Brandon Adams in the, in the state of Georgia very often. It's usually – in California or Missouri or Kentucky or somewhere else. So I'm really excited to, uh, to shoot the, shoot the bull with, uh, Brandon Adams. How well do you know, Brandon, Jake? You know, pretty well. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I, you guys have definitely hung out a lot more than we have because I, I haven't been at going as many games as I used to, but you know, every time I see Brandon, man, one of my favorite people, always a smile on the guy's face, always uh, a kind word to say, man, and always, always got, you know, ready to laugh about something. And that's what yeah. I love about Brandon. And I feel like that's kind of true of the two of us as well. So, And, and I will say this too. Another thing I always appreciated about him is uh, if you tell him, if you say, you know, hey, dude, I heard this the other day. Oh, man, th thanks so much for listening. You know, he is so gracious yeah. about you listening to his stuff. Um, and I guess I should be, too. I just assume nobody does. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to just be like, ah, well, that's shocking to hear. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't listen to me either if I yeah, were you guys. I'd never right. go back and listen to the shows. I can't stomach the sound of my own voice. No doubt, no doubt. All right, what you drinking? Uh, tonight, uh, got an old American classic here. It's a Budweiser, Miller, oh, a Miller, yeah. a Miller light. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more partial to Miller for a home beer personally. I don't know why, uh, Budweiser, if I'm going out and particularly like if I'm maybe eating some food, um, and I can't get a craft, I'll have a Budweiser, but if I'm going to keep a couple of cold ones around the house, man, I don't know. I gravitate toward Miller light. I think that's a little bit of my dad in me. He's a Yankee. So yeah, I don't, I don't always give that information up, but I will. Tonight. Well, I mean. That's what they serve at Augusta National. That's their uh, that's their import. I mean, that's their domestic. Uh, their import is Stella Artois, and their uh, um, crow's nest is definitely Blue Moon, whether they want to say it or not. <laughs> uh, I wonder how what kind of fee they pay those folks. Um, uh, excited actually to be able to get to go back to the Masters um, this year. Going to go on Tuesday. Uh, Dude, a couple they're, weeks. They're not. Pay, they're not paying a fee for that. They're letting those people come hang out, and they're selling a shitload of their beer. And that's the fee. Yeah, yeah but, but they, I wonder. I mean, bringing, if you're Miller Lite, you, 
If you're Miller Lite, you've got to be like, hey, man, we're going to need some money if you're going to put your own name on this. No, if you're Miller Lite, you got to be like, hey, uh, why don't you give us a couple sweet deals on uh, some passes to this thing and uh, let's hook everybody up and go. <laughs> two passes. And Augusta National was like, two passes. <laughs> Get two passes and a, and a polo shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. What I get to go on Tuesday, two weeks from tomorrow. I'm excited. I hate you. Yeah, well, you got to go before I ever did. Well, um, that's true. And and this year I get to go with my dad. Uh, he couldn't go last year whenever I went. So uh, this year I get to go with my dad. It's going to be pretty exciting. That old redneck, man, he ain't going to know what to think. You're going to have to take me next year. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I'm going to have to take my wife. <laughs> She's not going to appreciate it as much as me. Uh, well, we're going to eat. I'm going to take my wife and we're going to eat an egg salad sandwich from opposite sides like Lady in the Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I like that's, that. That's my thinking. That's my I, thinking. I like that. Uh, uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm drinking uh, same old, same old. A little ranch water, a little uh, tequila lime soda. Um, it's just kind of my go-to, man. It's so refreshing. I, go, man. I know. I want to. I want to. But I, every time Monday, Monday comes around so fast. And I'm like, I need to get this. Or I need to get that. And I've got a couple bourbons in there. And I'm just kind of like, man, I don't, I don't know. Bourbon makes me thirsty. And I don't really need to be getting thirsty on Monday nights. You know, like, maybe we can do a special episode of Bark After Dark on like a Friday night at some point. Um, nobody will watch as, as you know, I'm, you end up seeing like the bean on my hat into the camera. Uh, we're we're going to get deleted. We're going to have to delete that episode promptly. I don't listen. There's a lot of nights I work. I used to work Friday night, uh, high school football. I check a lot of that out now online. I uh, don't work a lot of Friday nights anymore, man. Man, Friday nights are, are rough. And uh, what's not rough is Brandon Adams is with us. I uh, just saw his name pop up in the queue, and we need this man here. What's oh, up, BA? Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, you yeah sound always. Great. Always. The, listen, there's a lot of things we can say about you. The fact that I can't hear the sound of BA's voice is not one of them. You project, my man. <laughs> well, here's the thing to understand. I don't actually do a ton of shows from home, so I don't have, like, the world's greatest, like, home setup. Like, I can tell Jake's got, like, a super nice microphone. Like, I don't really have a home setup. Yeah, look at you. you, you you're competing with me in my microwave right yeah, behind yeah. me. So, I think Russ's microwave is going to have a Twitter account soon. <laughs> <laughs> You got some tasteful decor, at least, back there, man. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know that I'm responsible for that. I believe my <laughs> wife will take all the credit for that. I'm just lucky she lets me uh, live here and uh, sit in here and do this, by the way. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's been a long day for you. I know you're an early riser uh, and, uh, you know, Dog Nation Daily. What time do you guys go from every day now? Like, uh, it's it's tough to catch your show for me. I, I will sometimes when it's up on my um, uh, YouTube page. Caught it last week. Thank uh, you. What, what time do you guys go now? So we start live at 945 on our homepage. So it's like everybody else. We have like 8,000 different platforms that we do the show on. And honestly, I have no idea how it is that we get to all those platforms. I still don't understand like the process of being there. But on dognation.com, we start at 945. We start everywhere else at 10 a.m. And I'm sure y'all shows the same way. It's like 99% of the people don't really watch it live. They watch it after the fact. Yeah. Nonetheless, you know, we've been doing it at 10 a.m., you know, you know, you guys like to do your thing at night, which is obviously a great time to be doing it. We've just kind of kept with the tradition of doing it in the morning. And I am a little bit of an early riser, just kind of getting ready for all of that. Uh, but it's actually kind of fun to be doing something at night here for a change. I sort of feel like it's a different vibe. Yeah, I think so, too. And, I, you know, listen, when whenever I was at Dogs 24-7, we used to do our live show and podcast recording in the morning. 
And I, I love getting it out of the way. Like, you know, because, I mean, but I've, I don't know. I've, I've kind of gotten to this, and I know you don't look at it this way because that's that's kind of the centerpiece of what you do. But, yeah. um, you know, doing it later, like you said, I, I've kind of gotten used to that vibe, and, and there's so much that goes on during the day that there's to talk to and to reference back to. So it's, uh, it's kind of fun doing it in the evening. Well, it's kind of funny, too. It's like, you know, if you said, okay, what's the absolute worst time to do a show mid-morning the way we do our show from like a – you know, uh, analytical standpoint might be about the worst, least convenient time to do it. But we've been doing it at that time for such a long time now that I think people have kind of gotten used to it. And they, in some cases, the live audience, you know, they incorporate in their work day or they'll do something along those lines. But obviously planning a show while most people at work, most people would probably not say that's the world's best idea. But we've just been kind of doing it that way for a while. And I guess people at this point have kind of gotten used to it. I'm at a great consistency. You are, B.A. That's what we can say about you. <laughs> hey, listen, hey, it's not Dog Nation Daily unless you do it every day. Uh, now, I want to ask you because, uh, you know, I don't know that I know this. I, I think we may have talked about this before, but we ask everybody who comes on here. Give us your backstory a little bit, sure. man. Tell us where you're from. Give us the origin story of Brandon Adams. How do you become this monolith of, of Georgia coverage that you are, are now? Well, I don't know about that, but uh, so I grew up in Hall County. I went to Johnson High School and uh, lived in Georgia my whole life. Uh, you know, I don't live in Hall County anymore. I live more like sort of Alpharetta-ish, 400-ish area now, but grew up in Hall County, lived there for a long time. And, you know, when I was younger, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I mean, I'm obviously a big Georgia fan, but I did not graduate from Georgia. I didn't go to UGA. I almost did, but ended up making a little bit different decision there at the end. Uh, but I was just like a lot of people in their 18, 19, 20 year old. I just kind of lost. I really know what I want to do in life. And then I sort of discovered sports radio. And that was the thing that I wanted more than anything else. It's probably the only real ambition I ever chased after, at least at that point in time in my life to say, I heard sports radio, the station at the time of 790 The Zone, heard that, said, man, I want to work at that station. And sure enough, within a few years, that's what I was doing, starting off as an intern. And back then you kind of show up, work for free learn the ropes, slowly kind of work your way on air, you know, eventually getting a full-time job there. And then from there kind of bouncing to another station called 680 The Fan and then doing some TV stuff and kind of being on the radar so that when Dog Nation started, they had kind of heard of me, brought me in. And it just so happens that this is like summer of 2015 because I remember having the conversation at SEC Media Days about the idea of kind of Dog Nation getting going. And, you know, the conversation came up of, well, if we brought you over here, what would you want to do? Well, it just so happens that I've been thinking about the idea of, you know, kind of focusing my, uh, I guess, you know, just sort of sticking with one topic a little bit more and being a little bit more focused on Georgia football, something like that. And so we had that conversation at the time of, hey, if I came here, I'd want to do a podcast, but I want to do it every day and kind of make it like a radio show that's like a podcast. Because once again, you know, my love for sports radio has kind of always been a big part of, of what's driven me. And if you listen to our show a little bit different than some of the shows that are out there, I think it probably functions a little bit more like a radio show than a podcast. You know, we're casual right now. We're having a good time. You know, my show is a little bit more radio-ish, I guess. I don't yeah. know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing thing. It's just something we, we've, we've chosen to do. But, you know, that's kind of how I got there, so, sort of like through the love for sports radio. And then as the medium kind of changes and the more the digital stuff comes in, trying to embrace that, you know, a, a little bit more and, and kind of being where the action was there at the time. And, you know, very different than a lot of people I work with and a lot of my friends like you guys, you know, who kind of have that writing background. I can barely read. They're not going to let me write very much because I can barely <laughs> read as it is. Uh, but, you know, I do like to talk and I like to talk to people who know a lot about Georgia football like you guys. And uh, that's kind of how I've sort of, you know, made my thing go, being a little bit more on the broadcast part of this. 
Hall County back then was the sticks, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. that was still that was you. You hadn't quite reached up into the upper echelon. That's that's Atlanta Junior now, though. Jake, it's so funny. I was just there the other day, and I can't believe how much has changed. It's so like fancy now. There's Johnson High School. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh, y'all's technology is blowing me away. This is amazing. <laughs> that is Johnson High School. If you look, you probably see my number hanging from the rafters. If you look uh, close enough, you might be able to see that. What number would that be? I was 34 in basketball, and it is not hanging from the rafters. It may be left over in a trash can somewhere, but it's not hanging from the rafters. But the point is, I was just in Gainesville the other day. I can't believe how fancy it's gotten. Like the downtown square, which when I was there was kind of only famous for like an old Joe statue right in the middle, has got all these like really like bougie restaurants and things like that. Now, I mean, yeah. right, it's Atlanta Junior. It's basically just the same, you know, sort of hipster vibe that you get in Atlanta, you get in Gainesville now. That is unrecognizable to the version of Hall County I grew up in. I can promise you that. Anybody who was in Hall County sort of mid-90s knows what I'm talking about. Well, in Johnson High School, as best I remember, because we played them in high school, they were a little bit of the redheaded stepchild uh, of the uh, of the, the Hall County school system. For sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, I, yeah. I still don't think we've had a four-star athlete ever come through Johnson. <laughs> I, know there, I know there's not one coming now. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mike Wilson, Moon Pie Wilson went to Johnson. Uh, we were we were okay in basketball. We won the region in basketball my junior year. Uh, but I mean Johnson, you know, to be kind, has never had a good football team for the most part. Yeah, no, I, that that's that's always what I remember. I mean, listen, if you were good in Hall County, for the most part, you got picked off by Gainesville. They came and got you. Well, I but, remember the, when, when, I, I, when I was in school, Gainesville, I, like you know, Gainesville was really good before I was kind of a teenager, and they've obviously been really good a lot the last few years. But when I was in school, Gainesville wasn't good either. My stretch of high school, uh, there really wasn't any of the teams in Hall County who were very good. This is pre-Flowey Branch, uh, no chastity back then. Really, none of the teams in Hall County were very good at the time. I remember uh, when I moved up to Athens, you know, like I said, almost like 20 years ago, I think I've brought that up. Uh, I think it was like 2003, 2004, I was in a church league softball tournament. And uh, we went to Gainesville to play, and I was like, the hell is this place? <laughs> even then, like I was like, I, I didn't even know this existed. Is this not an MSA? Like this place is every bit as big as Albany. Well, let me tell you this: some of the worst fights you'll ever see are in Hall County Church League softball. Like that, like that. <laughs> you're talking about fighting words. Church League softball in Hall County, especially like '80s and '90s. I mean, some of the roughest dudes you ever saw in your life were like all stars in Church League softball. Oh yeah. I don't know they did the church part of it, but they were very big to the softball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we, we had that problem there at the uh, Athens First Assembly of God as well. Uh, we, you know, we, we had to set a rule up. You got to come one Sunday a month. Um, and that's kind of how, uh, how it worked out. But the only thing I knew about Gainesville, to be honest with you, uh, before that was Georgia History Quiz Ball. It's where Brunel College was. Yeah. And it's where it was the poultry capital of, uh, of the United States or maybe even the world. Well, that's the thing is like, and like the other day, one of our colleagues had written a story about Dan Jackson. And in the story, he put self-proclaimed or something along the lines of like self-proclaimed poultry capital of the world. And I had to like call, you know, file on this and hold on. This isn't like, the, this is real. This is a real thing. There's a huge statue of a chicken right in the middle of the town. Um, like, like, we're not like just making this up. This really is the poultry capital of the world. You know, we get pretty sensitive about that. Uh you know, nobody's, you know, I guess putting out more chicken than what all county is. That is a very real thing. There's all kinds of like uh, industry built around that. Day. That's a real thing. That's not just made up. Apropos to nothing. I remember watching Atlanta traffic reports back years ago and uh, they would hit Marietta and they would always show the big chicken uh, as a, as a landmark, as a former sure. reference in the traffic report as they were showing you where not to drive in the morning. 
uh, like I said, apropos to nothing. But, well, it's one of those things like, you know, yeah. so that's the – this is amazing. Honestly, I'm blown away by this. That is the statue of the chick. I'm yeah. doing all of this with no hands, by the that, way. That is amazing. That's the statue of prepared the chicken ahead of Now, for people who've seen the big chicken in Marietta, I would say our chicken is a lot more stately and, like, erudite than the Marietta <laughs> big chicken is. Honestly, growing up far away from Cobb County, when you actually see the big chicken for the first time, I think it's a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, I don't think that disappoints them. Now, this is not a very good, like, uh, art, you know, art to scale here. The chicken right there looks bigger than it actually is. But that's a very serious chicken. That's like bronze or something. That's very, very serious. Whereas, like, the big chicken in Marietta, I, I feel like that's a disappointment. Yeah, that may be the second best comment I've ever heard about a chicken. The first one was when they caught him a nervous bird. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh caught him a nervous bird. That's a very serious chicken. That is indeed the case. Oh man, uh, no, you know, BA, like you mentioned, you didn't, you didn't go to Georgia, but yeah, huge Georgia fan, obviously followed the team very closely. Yeah. Where, where did that, where was that born out of? Uh, how did you, how did you fall into it? So my grandfather, my dad's dad started taking me to games early eighties, a little bit by like mid eighties, I was going all the time. So my first year, I remember going to every home game would have been 86. So this is like 86, 87, 88. These were good Georgia teams. They weren't great Georgia teams. So, uh, but that's when, when you're a kid getting a chance to go to all those games like that. I mean, you just fall so hard for the sport. I had already been a big college football fan, but, but getting a chance to go to all those games, you fell for the sport, you fell for the players, you know, like Lars Tate, Rodney Hampton, then later on like Tim Worley and some of the guys that came through there. Such a great experience. And really, I'm like the luckiest guy in the world because, you know, my grandfather would do that when the game would be on TV because back then, y'all know this, a lot of the audience may be too young to realize this, you know, not every game was on TV back then. So when the game was on TV in the afternoon and the evening, my grandfather usually gave the tickets to my dad and he'd take us to the games. But it's really that experience for me that, that kind of became the thing. Like, I went to Braves games. I went to Georgia football games. We, we didn't really do a ton of Falcons. Every now and then we go to the Hawks game. But, I mean, our football team was Georgia football. That was, that was our thing. My, you know, my dad, my grandfather, none of them went to Georgia either. My brother actually graduated from Georgia. So, you know, he's the first person to kind of, I guess, uh, validate our family as far as education goes. But, um, uh, but, you know, they were taking me to all those games, you know, back then and, you know, that's kind of how I got my thing. And it just sort of turns out I also kind of do this for a living now. But even if I wasn't doing that for a living, it's like the best pastime you can ever have. I'm trying to do it with my own kids now. They've loved Georgia football, too. Uh, and it's just a cool thing to kind of pass down because, you know, it, it's given me more. Even the not so great teams gave me more happiness just following them week to week, year to year than anything else in the world. So I'm really, really thankful my grandfather did that for me. And then little did they know, little did they know that you and your show would basically be the zeitgeist of the Kirby Smart era. <laughs> well, I don't know what zeitgeist means. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but yeah, by the way. The, the defining concept and centerpiece of the what what kind of, uh, you know, I mean, it's, the, it's, it's the, the accepted history of, you know. How is that we can put a man on the moon, but we can't make Georgia silver britches that look like these that Lars Tate are wearing right there? Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll never understand that. I mean, it's. I'll, I'll never get that, but that is a sharp looking uniform right there. Oh, that's okay. a good looking uniform. Now, I would have listened. I just assumed, and I think a lot of people would, that you went to Georgia. Where did you go to college? So I went to Gainesville College for two years back when it was Gainesville Junior College. So I was a JUCO kid. Um, went there for uh, two years and the then for portal. Yes. Yeah. So I actually did transfer out of that. And I was going to go to Georgia after leaving Gainesville. One of my good friends was going to play baseball at Georgia. Uh, but he ended up last minute. Uh, 
we were going to live together at Georgia. He ended up last minute kind of making the move to, to go to Georgia State. And so um, I had a couple other high school friends with there. So I actually lived in the former Olympic Village. This has been like 97. This is like right after the Olympics. So this Olympic Village is pretty new. Now, the village is actually owned by Tech now. Uh, and goodness knows I couldn't have gotten into there. But um, uh, but in 97, it was a Georgia State. It was, it was really about the only housing Georgia State had at the time. So I lived there, went there. And my degree coming out of high school, I should say coming out of college, I was actually a teacher. So I taught elementary school for seven or eight years uh All the good ones do it that way I, i'm telling you right now that is such a fun job elementary kids are so so fun uh i, I loved the job now my passion was kind of getting into broadcasting and doing some things like that i really don't know why i didn't major in that i, I guess i don't really think like a kid you talk about you know hall county kind of being the sticks a little bit you know and i'll you know you know seriousness I, I sort of felt like my background where i came from people like me didn't become broadcasters and so I don't know that I really trusted my ability to do that. Plus, I was really afraid of just not having a job. Lots of, uh, you know, you know, hopeful broadcasters don't. And so I was, you know, kind of concerned about, about that. So I thought, well, I can be a teacher. I sort of had a feeling I might like it. And I did that, you know, for a few years until I finally got the chance to sort of make the jump. I remember going to my principal, who I love so much, and told her during the middle of the year, which is like the biggest no-no in the world. You got Like, once you start the school year, you're supposed to finish it. But I told her in the middle of the year I wanted to leave and go take a job at a the radio station at the time, 790 The Zone. And, man, she blessed that, and she was so happy for me. And I'll always be really, really grateful for that because and that's kind of sort of started me on, on the journey that I've obviously been on over these last few years. we got three former teachers on the show, and one of them finished out his contract. <laughs> yeah. And I, I probably the one that that uh, they least wanted to do it. Oh no, no, dude! I was a way worse teacher than anybody has ever lived, especially that last year, man. I actually went to my principal and told him, "Hey, listen, uh, I got a job doing something else. Uh, I really didn't even get into it." And he goes, "You don't want to do that." I said, yeah, I do. I promise you I do. And he goes, well, I'm going to have to report you to the Professional Standards Commission. I said, "Oh, really? I'm going to have to take this other job. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, no, I'm so thankful. that I, That's not the experience I had. My principal, man, maybe she's just glad to get rid of me, but she was like, you know, so happy for me and, you know, so happy about that. But listen, you know, working with those elementary kids is a lot of fun. At one point in time, I thought I might go back to teaching and like teach elementary school, but also kind of get into coaching or something like that. Cause you know, I kind of dabbled in a little bit of coaching stuff and I, I liked that too. That would have been a fun way to live life. The thing about elementary kids is they're hilarious and they don't know it. Like a lot of high school kids think they're funny and they're not, but elementary yeah. kids are hilarious and have no idea. And you know, my elementary age kids now and they're kind of the same way in my house. But back then you know, I just, I just ate up that time to be with those kids because they were just a lot of fun to be around, especially that kind of second grade age, which was what I taught at the time. We just think we could be instead of uh, Brandon Streeter, we could be talking to uh, Brandon Adams out here taking the analyst job. If I if I coached anything, it would probably have been basketball. I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have been able to coach uh, a football. I don't think. But, uh, but well, even for Roos and I, you know, you were talking about the high school kids not being you know as funny as they think they are. I still to this day contest people are like, oh man, the students, huh? They're, they're so disrespectful. They're tough. I mean, I don't know, man. You you have expectations for the ones that aren't great students and are behavior problems. I love the students. I, I just couldn't take yeah. the people who um, took it serious in a way that that was impossible to get down with. These these uh, kind of some older school teachers that wouldn't really um, adapt and, and, yeah. uh, you know, they, I don't know that, that, that put a lot on you. And then you ended up with a lot of burnout and ultimately just dealing with the adults you had to deal with every day. You just dreaded going to work every day. 
Well, I'll be serious for two seconds. So, like, to me, whether you're coaching, whether you're teaching, whether you're a parent, like, if you make the kid, whether it's an elementary kid or a high school kid, whatever, if you make him or her feel successful at the beginning of something, they're going to be with you the rest of the way. But if you sort of start off the relationship making them feel like a loser, making them feel like they're not, you know, they don't have their act together, then they kind of view you as an adversary. That was always my strategy. I always got along with my kids and even like high school kids that I've worked with over the years, I've always gotten along with them there too, because you sort of find a way to make them feel successful at the very beginning of something. And they'll pretty much do whatever you want after that. That's my, that's my one parenting slash coaching slash teaching tip for the night. Yeah. I mean, but you loved it, right? I mean, like, yeah. like, you know, I can't, I, I miss it. I, I do to some degree. Like there's always these, these moments, you know, I'll get frustrated and I'm like, I'm like, well, shit, I could just go teach again. And, and I mean, obviously I come back down off of that very, very quickly, sure. but you know, it's, there's something to it, man. I mean, just, and it's, it's all about relationships. I think at the end of the well, day, like you said, teaching is a little bit like sports, even if you're not a coach teaching is a little bit like sports and the fact that our life as college football people, recruiting people, is very bound by the calendar. You know, we're kind of in that recruiting time of the year, heading towards official visits in June, things like that. And you're kind of halfway between now and early signing period. You know, the the relationship between sports and the calendar is very, very tight. Teaching's a little bit the same way. You know, you kind of roll that cycle from August and then you kind of head towards Christmas. Then you kind of reboot again in January. So if you're comfortable with kind of a sports calendar of kind of the way in which you kind of move through a, a, a sporting season and now college football feels like a 12-month type thing, then the teaching calendar sort of works the same way because, hey, you know, you, you you work really hard until the end of May and then you sort of reboot and start all over again. There are some similarities between the way the two calendars sort of function. Yeah. Nope, you're muted. Try again. Grow Old up. man. Old man. Papaw. <laughs> Papaw over here trying to uh, trying to do a live show. Um all right, we got to get in Kirby Smart press conferences where, you know, invariably back in the old Zoom days, invariably there's going to be somebody muted. Let's, or, call him, or... let's call him by name. It was Anthony Dasher. We love him. <laughs> I've joked. I hey, listen, I've ribbed him about it. He and I were texting about it, texting about something earlier today about uh, them breaking the Brandon Streeter stuff. And we broke the whatchamacallit stuff. It was, you know, we were just goofing off yeah. about that. But um, listen, it was inevitably going to come up. Uh, Bedlam was that what it's called? What was it? Was it mayhem? Was it Bedlam? It was the, Bedlam uh, in the tunnel? What would this yeah. been? Peach Bowl at back I this little Peach Bowl called. around 2006. So, so here's the thing, people got to understand. I'm gonna, I'll tell the whole story here. So, like, this was a great time in my life. I told you, I graduated college like 99, 2000, teaching for a while, but started getting into broadcasting. So, within a couple of years of kind of trying to like really make a go of this, I'm doing sidelines on the radio. It's not TV. I'm doing sidelines on the radio for the Peach Bowl. So you, you know, I, I got to get a chance to do some stuff. And so, you know, listen, I want to make a name for myself. I'm trying to do a good job. And if you've ever done like sidelines in a broadcast, you know, you have to ask the producer to talk on the air. So, you know, good and well. I mean, like, I'm like such a bog. I'm calling for the microphone over and over and over again, just trying to get my moment. Well, near the end of the game, um, was it early Set? Is that who it would have been? I, I'm trying to get the years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that would have been right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a little bit of a squabbling over a football. Somebody had the football. Somebody took the football away from somebody else. And um, like a little fight ensued. There's a fight that's taking place in the uh in, in the corner of the old Georgia Dome. And as a as a silent reporter, I want to run over there. I ran across the field. I wanted to get in place. I want to describe some of what's going on. 
But as I got over there, there you go. This is this is really remarkable. So <laughs> if you look in here closely, I almost wonder if you could even see me because I eventually ended up in the tunnel where this fight's taking place. Now, the reason why I did is, and this is a true story, is that it occurred to me because, you know, as somebody been going to some Georgia games and some things like that, you know, every now and then you'll see a little bottle come flying by if the wrong thing's going on and you don't want to get hit by a bottle and get hit by debris. So I thought, well, if this fight's going to go on, let me get underneath the Georgia Dome awning, I guess you'd call it, because that way I'll get protected. If somebody starts throwing something, I won't get hit. Well, when I stepped in there, um, the actual fight takes place. Like, like it turned into a real fight. And uh, uh, Dave Neal was doing the play-by-play. And so he came down to me inside there. And I was describing all this. And the thing you understand is, I wish we had the audio to play. The thing you understand is, is I was trying to be as serious as possible. I thought I was going to win an Edward R. Murrow award. I thought that was like a war correspondent. And so, you know, I'm describing... You're like, you're like doing war correspondent stuff right here. It's like, yeah, kind of like, like, I thought this was like actual journalism. I'm embedded. And embedded journalism. And so, um, uh, I'm describing the fight. And at the end, I punctuated by saying, it's bedlam in the tunnel. I said that like very melodramatically. And Dave Neal just deadpan back. Well, get out of there, Brandon. And like, <laughs> it's the clip that's lived on forever. They play it on the radio every now and then. I'm thankful to know that it still exists. But like, the thing you got to understand that what makes it funny is, is that I thought I was being so serious. This had been Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl 2006 or so. I thought I was being so serious. Maybe it was 05, uh, 05, 06. So serious. So, uh, you know, just trying to tell the story, trying to, you know, be the thing. And it's, one of the things from my early career that's probably lived on more than anything else. It's amazing. People who kind of know me from back in that day, it, it'll still come up from time to time, which I'm, I guess I'm glad. So the next day I was on the radio. This has been a Friday night, Saturday morning. I was on the radio. We were doing a, a broadcast. I was used to do weekend shows back then. And people kept calling in. They wanted to hear it. It was almost like a listener request line. It was like the hot new pop song. People kept wanting to hear it over and over again. Cause there was no internet back then, no social media. It's not like people could just go click YouTube and replay it over and over again. The only way they could hear it is if we played it and people kept asking to play it again. So I was like, you know, wow, this may have some legs. And here we are all these years later, people still went viral. You you essentially went viral before. The best you could. Yeah. Yeah. It was sort of pre-viral. And uh, it would have been interesting to know, I guess, if you had the ability for virality back then, how it would have gone. But but yeah, this was sort of viral before viral. This is as close as we had to to being viral back then. (laughs) I I just love that story because I just, you know, I've seen – I've seen weird things happen, you know, in just big crowds. I mean, I was on the field in 2000, in 2000 when, uh, when Georgia, when fans rushed the field, Tennessee, I was there with a recruit uh, that, that I went to high school with. And um, I just remember like, you know, I was going out onto the field with everybody else and I fell and I was like, mm-hmm. this is how people die. That's the first know. thing that entered my mind is like, all right, I'm going to get trampled to death. Yeah. And I turned around and I looked and there was about 10 feet of space between uh, me and a crowd. And I was able to get on my feet. Um, but yeah, it is, you just see weird stuff like that happening. And those guys are giant, man. And I'm, they weren't probably not quite as big then as they are now, but, but still very big. Well, I've been hit on the sideline a couple of times and I'm talking about lightly, gingerly. And I felt it in my soul. I have no idea. Like Laura Rutledge one time, y- y'all remember, just got absolutely plastered. Yeah, that was by um, Prather Hudson. Yeah, well, yeah, but uh, nonetheless, or, I mean, uh, it was Lisa Chamberlain. God, remember when Chamberlain got yeah, run over? No yeah, doubt. yeah, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. I thought, so, she was, I thought she was dead. I, I, I've been hit. I'm talking about like 
just barely, you know, grazed a couple of times. Once was a high school game. Once was at a Falcons training camp type thing. And I felt it in my soul. So that's the other thing that happens during the sidelines. If you ever come in contact with a player. Now, I used to do uh, sidelines for arena league football games. And what's weird about that is there's no out of bounds. And so I'd get on the playing surface. And so one time I got caught in the corner on a fade route. And I almost interfered with the play. I mean, I just barely leaped over the wall <laughs> in time to, like, not really be interference. I'm talking about the game was on NBC. This would have been the most embarrassing thing that had ever happened to me. And I remember the the official, whoever, I guess the back judge, whatever, um, like he looked me in the eye and he goes, get off the field. <laughs> <laughs> like I almost, I mean, like my early broadcast career, there were lots of, uh, there were lots of odd things that happened. And some of that involved being where I shouldn't have been during a football game. Bruce, were you at the Rivals Camp Series thing that time that they, that the kid ran the go route down the sideline and I, I had wondered, I was talking to somebody, I'd wondered about three or four feet out onto the field. And I turned around right as the kid got there, and I just stuck my arm up and and just like cleaned him out. I, I do not recall. That oh my now. god, man! Somebody had a picture of that, and it went around there for a little while. But yeah, I was just talking. I had my back to the field, and I was talking to some other guys, and I just kept drifting back. And I heard one of the guys I was talking to said, "Oh, oh, look out, look out!" And I turned, and this kid's headed right right at me, and he's about five seven, one hundred and forty pounds, and I just kind of put my arm up like that, and it. Uh, he jumps and it hits him in the chest and just like almost turns him a complete flip. And uh, I think they were tweeting about it. They're like, I, biggest hit of the day, you know, and like <laughs> photos for me. I'm just I'm so embarrassing. Well, you talk about getting trampled. The closest I've ever come to that, and there have been a couple of times when I really was scared for my life at the old Jacksonville landing. I don't even think the landing's even there anymore. And pretty soon, none of us going to be there anymore. It seems like that's probably coming to an end here pretty soon. But the old school Jacksonville landing, back when it would be packed on that Friday night prior to the game, I'd get in there sometimes and I couldn't move in any direction. And people start pushing back and forth. And like, I'm not the most like nimble guy in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, like if you push me over, I'm going to topple like Saddam Hussein statue. Like I'm just, I'm eventually going to just sort of topple down. And I'd get in there and I'd get trapped. I, I'd, I'd get really worried that, that this is not going to go well for me because you just couldn't find a way to get out. You look in every direction, all you see are people. I had some harrowing moments in that uh, Jacksonville Landing every now and then. Harrowing moments. I've also been trapped in the Jacksonville Landing, but for very different reasons. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't just the people that were keeping me there. <laughs> well, my, my I, I will say my Miami LSU moment was Bevo. Um, I was right there. Yeah. And, uh, were you there? Were you close to that? I was in the press box when that happened. I was at the game, but I was in the press box. And it's one of those things where – so, listen, here's what I believe. Um, I believe that Ugga got pinned in by Bevo. I think if you go back and watch the video, I mean, obviously Bevo is much, much larger, but the Bulldog is supposed to be able to go for the – that's why they call it a Bulldog, right? Like, if you give it a fair fight, it can go for the neck of, of – Really, the nose. It's the actually nose. the nose to control the bull. He'll bite him directly on the tip of the nose. So, you got Bevo. Clearly, he hadn't been in a major bowl game in decades. You know, he's he's acting <laughs> he's act the fool. And I feel like the Ugga got a bad rap that night because I feel like Bevo pinned him in before he had a chance to do anything. And everybody thinks, oh, you know, Bevo almost killed Ugga. But you put those two animals facing off squarely where they can both see each other. I don't think it goes the same way. I really don't. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, 
Ugga might have been the only hope we had that night if Bevo really decided he wanted to cause some destruction. Because, it's scary, isn't it? Like, like yeah. that big animal's scary. And yeah. can you imagine if you're the one that had the idea for the photo op and heaven forbid if Bevo had killed Ugga? Like, can oh, you imagine? Yeah, that guy, that, that guy couldn't get the job at Fairway. I'd have been a lot better with Bevo killing Ugga than me. I'll, I'll say <laughs> but, you know, like, like Deion Sanders is supposedly really afraid of Ralphie. And I sort of get it. I mean, the people that lead Ralphie around in uh, uh, Boulder, and I'm sure the Bebo thinks kind of the same way, although Bebo doesn't really run all that much, I don't guess. But the people that lead Ralphie around, they'll tell you, like, if he doesn't want to stop running, it's sort of like wrestling Andre the Giant. Like, if he doesn't want to stop, there's no stopping him. So you have to sort of wait for him to finally get tired, and then you act like you pull back on the rope. But it's his choice at every step of the way. And I think Dion has told people up there he's sort of afraid of it. I kind of get it. I mean, that's a like it's a big animal. I mean, Bevo, Ralphie, these are I'm very much in favor of live animal mascots, but it's a big animal. Well, homeboy right here that's front and center in this photo with uh with his um khaki colored Wranglers on. Yeah. He's he's pulling on that left horn of Bevo's like he's doing something, and Bevo oh, yeah. plowed right through that. Like everybody's like, oh man, all you gotta do is get him on the tip of that longhorn. You could turn his head. And I'm like, no hell. I mean, well, he was if he wanted to be at midfield, Bevo would have been at midfield. Let's Matthew be honest, Friday would have been riding it. If you watch a little bit of Yellowstone, I think you understand this. The more you try to dress to look like a cowboy, the less like you are to be a cowboy. <laughs> like we got a lot of folks right here who are like really dressed in the part, which leads me to believe that they have no idea what they're doing. They're hoping and pray. they're there for the photo op. But if Bevo gets an intention, they have zero idea. It's not like they're going to be, you know, some animal trainer and like sort of talk him down. They have zero idea how to do this. No, nobody in this photo is more scared than that, that guy in the blue photo vest. Though. That guy is staring that bull down and he is, he knows what's about to happen. I don't no. know, man. I feel like, I feel like my man, my, my man Siler right there is also on high alert. Uh, he's but he's booking this guy's staring the animal down he's like this guy's trapped oh, yeah. by the, the gates okay man. i see yeah. you talking to he's kind of blending in but <laughs> i will say this look at what a great dog owner right there mr siler is for sure his eyes are looking at ugga he's his, his eyes are down he's like hey where's my dog what do you think the insurance policy is on ugga it's got to be insane I yeah that's know. a good question like Lloyd's of london maybe yeah, no, like, yeah, for real. I mean, like, the bloodline of that thing has to be unbelievable. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's that's up, up a little bit closer, uh, a little bit more. Yeah, we uh, need to bl- we need to blunt the tip of them horns, man. When you saw those horns, like they are, first of all, they're very long. They're they're very sharp. Like it, it it's pretty dangerous. Pretty yeah, I dangerous. thought I, I thought I was going the way of Lane Frost that night, buddy. No doubt. I mean, it's the only thing related to Texas anyone's been afraid of in quite some time. But um, <laughs> but that night, I mean, you'll give Bevo credit. I guess Texas itself. I've game. never, I've never met a man in my life who is who is so nice and so and so genuinely kind who can just like just give the heart just the just the most sharpest little needles. I mean, you are so good at that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I missed the Sugar Bowl. The Sugar Bowl is a playoff game this year, right? I believe so, yes. 
I like the Sugar Bowl. I know that for a lot of people, like they, they kind of joke, ha ha, you had to go to the Sugar Bowl. You didn't make the college football playoff. But we all went there, and by we, I mean all of us. We all went there in 2018, 2019. I loved it. I thought it was super fun. I just hate that press box, man. It's so cold. Yeah. Um, the wind, I mean, the, the air blows on top. And not only that, um, I don't know if you're, you guys are used to, if you ever played video games back in the day and you get the blimp view to play Madden. Yeah. That's kind of how it is watching the game down there. I, I can't mm. figure out who's who sometimes you're so far away. So I'll confess this. I had heard a lot about the Superdome press box being cold. In my mind, I was like, gosh, these media types, they just complain about everything. You know, it's like, go to a game for free. <laughs> about the temperature. Let me tell you something. I've been everywhere. I've never been colder than it is at the Superdome press box because <laughs> – I guess it's situated underneath all the air conditioning for the entire building. Is that is that what the issue yeah, is? Like, basically, yeah. It sits under a trunk line if you yeah. like of, of like a central air system type deal. Uh, I'm sure there are other trunk lines in there, but there's a trunk line right there, and so you just get just the force of cold air that comes through there is pretty ridiculous. I wear a hoodie with an Eddie Bauer jacket on top. Absolutely. Of so 2019, I mean, I was dressed like Han Solo and Han. I mean, I had like the big blue coat on hood i mean there is no amount of layering to sit in that press box that would not be appropriate because of how cold it is i'm also gonna give you a lot of credit you just talked about trunk lines and things like that you would come across very believable as like an hvac technician like i I helped my dad install a few of them you know those uh a lot of those old houses that were built uh you know down in south georgia without central ac uh, my dad and i ran some uh ran some duct work under those you know you run the trunk line that's where everything kind of breaks off from so that's very impressive very impressive but i mean <laughs> that place legitimately is the coldest place in the world the other thing is too in new orleans when you go to cafe de Mont, which i always do um it's like when you come back it's like all this incriminating evidence like you know cafe du Mont's the the beignets and so you got like the white powdered sugar and you know i came back from having been to cafe du Mont, i was just covered head to toe in this yeah. white powdered sugar get in the elevator go back up in the hotel room lady <laughs> in the hotel in the elevator goes You've been to Cafe Du Monde, haven't you? And I was like, yeah, I'm afraid I have. You just covered me from head to toe. You get the coffee, you get the uh, beignets. It's a good time. It's open 24 hours, the uh, real one is anyway. Well, I, I had a hoodie on, and it got all over the hoodie, so I took the hoodie off. I think I tied it around my waist or whatever. I get back to the thing, and, and I'm, I get in the elevator as well, and you can see your reflection in the mirror of the elevator, and I've got it all in my mustache. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't think they're worried about me Oh, yeah. I think they think I've got a cocaine problem. <laughs> nothing will make you question your life choices more than to accidentally see your reflection while you're in New Orleans. It's like you walk by, so like, oh my gosh. Like, there's nothing that like, sort of bring you back home more New so Orleans than seeing is, what you look like when you're not expecting to see yourself. It's one of those, it's one of those cities that to me is like fantastic for like a maximum of three days. Yeah. And I have to get the hell out. So true. So <laughs> I have true. got to run away. Just, I keep saying it. It, it, it shows the deli- design flaw in the human body. Um, if you go to New Orleans, you really need like a, like a water hose attachment somewhere around the rib cage. Yeah. Just to hook yourself up for a few days when you get back and just wrench yourself a little bit from the inside out. Because I love all of that jambalaya and, and, and you know, all that, you know, type of stuff um, because it obviously matches well with the alcohol that some people might be consuming when they're there. But that also later on, it's like really like what makes it good. It also makes it bad because later on, that's really, really filling. And you just sort of feel like you want to amputate part of your intestine yeah. because you're just so full. But Jake Roos, let me ask you, when you guys have been on like recruiting trips, things like that together over the years, is Jake Rowe as much of a meal planner there? Because when we're on the road, um, I mean, like Jake has got a meal. I, I mean, I'm talking about, 
very, very specific meal plan uh, everywhere we go. Like we were in uh, Columbia, Missouri. He had this like sort of barbecue spot in this neighborhood, like well off is the only commercial piece of real estate <laughs> 10 miles. It's like this little tiny barbecue place in a neighborhood in St. Louis. Jake took us right to it. Uh, L.A. kind of the same way. We're going to different places. Has he always been that way? Because you've known him longer than I. Have. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Jake Rowe and I vibe on that. We yeah. do, do this. We do the same thing. It's like like when we met, we kind of hooked up on that same idea. We were like, I remember like in the early goings of it, man. Like we would consult the diners, drive-ins, and dives map when yeah. we would like travel together, and we would see like where Guy Fieri had been and just go chase his spots around just to see like what all the hype was about, man. Yeah. For sure. but, yeah. but not yeah. only that, we would actually watch the video too. We would, like, <laughs> right, hey, how does this look? Oh, right. yeah, we see his reviews. Yeah. So I've gotten where I just sort of trust Jake on whatever on that. You know, LA, we go to different places and, you know, find a way to make it work. Like, I'm also like the ultimate tourist, too. So, like, we go to Columbia this year. We're all going to the St. Louis Cardinals game. We go to LA for the national championship. We're all like Santa Monica Pier. It's like we could just be posing like a family out here, you know, all these little <laughs> So we go to here we are at Bush Stadium. Here we are in uh, Santa Monica Pier. That, that's kind of the fun of all of this. Well, uh, you know, Connor, you know, we, we, we all went and Connor was, you know, Connor was obviously with us every step of the way uh, for the Columbia thing. And Connor still brings up the Vooch's burgers uh, in, yeah. uh, in Columbia. I, I wish that was the real deal. Yeah. I, I wish I wasn't as in as bad shape as I was that day from the Cardinals game the night before. Uh, but um, you know, that uh, I wish I would have had about six of those burgers. Those so I'll so tell good. your audience this. And, you know, some people kind of like to take that sort of one road trip a year. Um, if you can do what we did this past year where you can time it where either you get a baseball game in St. Louis or Kansas City, I'm telling you right now, Columbia's worth the trip. Now, it's a long way away. Uh, this was the first time I'd ever been. It, it, it's obviously a long way away, and really flying's your only option. I'm someone who typically prefers to drive to Georgia games, uh, even some of the farther ones I'd rather drive to. It's hard to drive to Columbia. You pretty much have to fly there. But for that, for that fan who says, hey, what's the big road trip this year? When Columbia circles back around and with the new schedule, who knows when it does. My advice to Georgia fans is look at that as a destination worth going to because Columbia, the actual university town, has got a lot of really good restaurants. And, you know, Kansas City and St. Louis in their own right are both, you know, kind of major towns. And you know, they've got Major League Baseball if you're playing early enough in the year. And, you know, we went to that Cardinals game on Friday, got up work the next day in Columbia, had some good food while we were there. Uh, other than the two-hour drive, you know, kind of back and forth between yeah. St. Louis and, and Columbia – to me, that's a road trip worth taking. And I don't hear Georgia fans say that very much, but I believe that's a worth, that's a trip worth taking. What do you think about SBA? Palmer cost you that ice cream from that uh from that red and white awning. Yeah, so so we, we went to Santa Monica Pier for the national championship. Uh good point here. Uh I guess Connor Riley bringing this up. That we were trying to decide, okay, we're gonna get a dessert. Because we'd gone to a restaurant that night for dinner, to be frank, it was probably a little healthier than I would prefer. There wasn't enough, like, you know, I'm I'm from as we said before, I'm from Gainesville, Georgia. I mean, everything I eat is basically fried. So we go out to this, you know, kind of restaurant in Santa Monica that's a little bit more California oriented. So I needed some, I need some filth. I needed something that was like about a thousand calories. And so we're going to go to Santa Monica Pier and we're going to get uh, a milkshake. And so Palmer Toms, one of your great colleagues and a friend of mine. Uh, so we're going to go get this milkshake and he has his sights set on this one place. And Palmer's so confident this is like the place to get. And we walk past this perfectly designed, like red and white kind of candy striped awning. Like this looked like the ice cream store you see in like the 1950s movie. Like if anybody knows how to make ice cream, this place knows how to make it. 
and Palmer taught me to go in this other place. I still regret that decision. <laughs> it's like the most all-American thing you can do. You get this perfect piece of like Norman Rockwell Americana. They clearly know how to make the ice cream. And I end up going to some sort of like, yeah, you know, fancier place. Is this the place we went to right here? This may have been it. Yes, Palmer is nodding yes behind the scenes. I give it about a B minus. I, I give it about a B minus. Whereas <laughs> I, just, I know the other place would have been extraordinary. I got a churro funnel cake with about 18 ounces of ice cream on top of it. Yeah. And oh I ended up, throwing, ended up throwing half of it away and, and regretting what I did eat. So. Well, it's kind of funny if you like rewind like 10 years prior, there's no telling like what we've been doing on LA on a whatever night <laughs> week this was. We've been on like Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, this is the one that I wanted to go to right here. I'm telling you, uh, your staff is amazing. Um, this is the one I think I wanted to go to. There's this is no actually way. Palmer doing this, by the way. Oh, is he's that Palmer doing that? Oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, a man of many talents. There's no way this wouldn't have been a great milkshake. There's no way that wouldn't have been a great milkshake. No way. It would have been tremendous, but yeah, we 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 did have a blast on the road this year. Even even down to even Lexington and and uh, 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 Smith. a great Smith. town. What's that? Lexington's a great town. Why would yeah. you? Oh yeah, but I, but I was just we we ended up only hanging out that one night, and it was after the game. We watched Tennessee lose to South Carolina in a, in a brewery that had yeah. a seafood restaurant next door to it, and uh, it was it was delicious, man. It was Smith Street Seafood, Smithtown Seafood, whatever that was. Oh, good. Yeah, it was really good. We had a we had a good time on the road this year. So one right. of the challenges I have is, and I do enjoy doing this, but it kind of eats into my road trips a little bit. Is I do high school football on Fridays, and so mm-hmm. you know, like when it comes to like Lexington, I'm not getting there. I mean, you know, some of the road trips are kind of tricky, right? It's like if you're going to Lexington, obviously Jacksonville every year, that makes it a little hard to get there. So like the kind of thing where a lot of y'all would do going somewhere on Friday night. Now for the Columbia Missouri trip, I did not do high school football that night, but I love doing a high school yeah there you go that's us in lexington right there that's the place we went in lexington um but uh but you know the night before the game i'm typically not in the venue prior to that night before because i am with uh, your good friend rusty manzel our good friend rusty manzel typically doing a little high school football i don't i don't like that guy a whole lot <laughs> <laughs> no nah, i love him to death man one of my best friends in the world for sure uh, now, so BA, I got to ask you the question that I've asked every single person that we've had on this show this to this point, and I, I'm, I'm very intrigued. Uh, tell me about the worst hotel room you've ever stayed in. So when I was, in, I mentioned I used to work in Seven Nine of the Zone when um, we used to go to SEC Media Days back then. They wouldn't let us stay at what was known as like the Winfrey Hotel. You know, like the Winfrey mm-hmm. Hotel is like the flagship hotel. That's where the event takes place, and only the fancy sports writers got to stay at the Winfrey. We had to stay at some like adjacent place, you know, kind of near there. And like we'd say, I won't mention like the brand names, but you can kind of guess like, you know, if you're getting down the trough, sort of like what kind of brand names you're talking about. Like I stayed in a hotel room at one point in time there that uh, didn't have a working lock, you know, the kind of thing where, you know, the, the person that cleaned the room was very open about her criminal past and how, you know, like, you know, she's getting her second chance here now at this job. There was a lot – we stayed at a lot of hotels that sort of felt like they charged by the week. You know, it's one of those things where you, you sort of felt like you're in one of those type of situations. So early days of radio, I stayed in some not-quite-so-pleasant hotels. Uh, uh, no doubt about that. I've stayed in about every kind of bad hotel you can stay in. Like mm. I said, man, everybody remembers. Everybody remembers the worst hotel room they've ever been in. For sure. All right, now, so, uh, before we let you go – Bruce has a question he asked. I've introduced – I finally found the question that I'm going to ask everybody. Let's picture for a minute um, they find you face down in a ravine and you're dead, okay? 
<laughs> you're a dead man. But you get to come out of your body and you get to arrange your own funeral service. Anybody, any they can be alive, they can be dead. Who is performing at Brandon Adams' funeral if he can pick anybody? And what are they performing? That's a good question. Um, so part of me would want to know who's going to perform. I'll do it. I'm just – I will if you want me to. But no, Honestly, I think you'd be a good one. Like what I would kind of want – like unfortunately this person couldn't do it anymore, but I'd want someone like a Don Rickles-style roast guy to sort of like, you know, give it. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if Jeff Ross would be the new version of that or whatever, but like I'd want it to be kind of fun. Um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd want it to be kind of one of those things, sort of like a, a made-for-TV style event. That's what I'd kind of want it to be, I guess, a little bit. So – Whoever, like, the modern version, like a Don Rickles, that's probably about what I'd want. You know, have a look at it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, some of your audience knows who that is. Uh, have you ever seen Casino? He's in there. Um, you know, kind of famous for busting chops back in the day. It's that style of speaker I'd kind of like to have. Yeah, okay. I like that. I think that. Yeah, I like that because, you know, did it with Roos and I uh, asked Roos and he wanted a musical act. Um, you know, I think I would probably want somebody to sing at my funeral, but – uh that's yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, that's yeah, a good comedy act, a good roast, a good. Um, yeah, because here's the thing: it's like you can have about VA. like like you can have like B minus style music; it's still pretty good. But it like you know the speaker in a situation like this can be a little bit dry, and so it's like if you have decent music but a great speaker that's got everybody laughing. Yeah. I feel like that ends up being sort of a better composite average when it's all said and done. My uh, my grandfather, Pat, my dad's uh, dad passed away when I was like four years old. And my grandmother remarried a few years later. She married a, a guy who was a Methodist pastor. Okay. And he was probably the best of anybody I've ever seen. I saw him, you know, lay a few souls to rest, uh, you know, at funerals and uh, including his own father. And yeah. his father was named was Woody. And the first thing he did when he got into the pulpit after Papa Woody had passed away is he said, man, the woodpecker would have loved the attention. That's the first <laughs> thing he said. And it was, I'll never forget it. I laughed so hard because he was right. It, yeah. Uh, Papa Woody looked a lot like, uh, looked a lot, lot like our man Don Rickles there. And, uh, um, you know, used to take his, you know, teeth out for people he didn't know. Um, you know, just, he was just kind of that type of dude. And, uh, yeah, it, you're right. It can get really dry. It can get really boring. But uh, if you want to, if you want to send them off with a bang, let's do the uh, let's do the roast. I yeah, put the f u n back in funeral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've had a great time tonight, man, and I can't believe how fast this went by. Um, it's been but, fun to be with you guys. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I remember we were talking about this in L.A. Um, you know, uh, whenever we were at the bar. Uh, paying for booze when we could have been in the media room drinking it for free. Um, you know, real smart guys we are. Sure. Uh, I, I blame that on Rusty Mansell too, by the way. Oh, sure. Uh, but you know, you know, Rusty's got an endless expense account. So I mean, like, <laughs> Rusty's not looking at a check. He's not worried he's, about that. He's charging the MVP camp. <laughs> uh, we love we love that guy, and we love you, man. Thanks for coming on with us. We appreciate it's been it. A lot of fun, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Brandon Adams, exactly what I expected. Oh, man. I don't even think we touched on much Georgia. We just talked Nothing. sports. Not one thing. Yeah. We'll have to bring him back on to talk UGA one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day we can get on. Yeah, maybe we can, one day we can get him riffing about. I mean, it's not like there wasn't – it's not like it was a no-news day either. Oh, also, he has a daily show, so if you have any thought, any concerns on his thoughts about Georgia, you can probably find them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
that's another thing is I, I, I probably probably should have broached the topic of man how do you do it like just how do you do it and he would probably say something self-deprecating like hey i got the gift of gab or whatever it is but uh um either Profession, way professionalism and want to yeah all right i got a question for you tonight um and, and it's it's you know listen you're pretty well traveled you're much well traveled more well traveled than i am i don't know how many states you've been to or whatever um but if you looking at the united states and this is something that i'm about to turn 40 in uh, in august and one of the things that i've become increasingly um obsessed with is travel and uh, i do want to at least visit 50 states i don't have this hankering desire to go to anywhere really you know uh international except for like australia and iceland uh, those are two places that i really want to go um uh, it may be spain as well where are you going in the states that you haven't been what's the bucket list place Ooh. if you say hey i gotta see this it doesn't, i mean I'm not talking about a state. It doesn't have to be that broad. If you're looking at a site to see, what's your bucket list place in the in the United States? Oh man, place I haven't been. That's a good question, man. Um, I that I would really like to go. Um, you know, Montana is somewhere that really interests yeah. me. Um, the 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 landscape of Montana seems kind of overwhelming. I'm I'm. I got a little freaked out when I went to Colorado last time because, like, the scale of the mountains. Like, you know, where I'm from is the foothills of the Appalachians. And so you're thinking, it's mountains. What, what the hell could be the difference? The scale of the mountains out there is, is almost overwhelming. <laughs> Palmer just <laughs> getting hot on the – he's got a hot hand tonight. When he, he does, dude. Photos, he does. Dude. He does. Uh, but Montana, to me, I, the remoteness of it, the, um, you know, kind of the wild aspect of it, I, I think Montana is somewhere I would really like to see. And particularly, I think I would really like to go to Missoula. I think I'd like to go to uh, where the University of Montana is, um, just because I love a good college town. And I, and I think that you could kind of get the best of both worlds there. So uh, I'm going to say Missoula, Montana is somewhere that uh, is on the bucket list. Uh, for the longest time, I mean, I agree with you. That's that's probably near the top of my list. Uh, one of the things I want to experience before I die, though, is I want to go to one of those one of those towns in Alaska. Um, I was reading a story the other day about the northernmost town in the United States, which is Barrow. the very tip, huh? Barrow. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. And uh, I want to go to one of those places and experience like, hey, the sun doesn't go down for like six days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just think that would be so trippy to to experience that one uh, it's just incredibly cool i can find no documentation of this but we talked about one time you know i'm sure you've heard of the cannonball run you go east coast to west coast mm -hmm. we talked about going from uh, how cool it would be to go from the southernmost point of america to the northernmost point of america via car and I, i'm not even really sure that's accessible i don't even know that you could do it but what is the um, southernmost point of america uh, it's somewhere in Key West, man. I mean, it's it's down, is it? down, yeah, it's down in the Keys for sure. I, I'm 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 yes, yeah, I'm almost 100 percent certain if I'm not mistaken about that. Okay, yeah, that um, would be that would be kind of cool. It'd take forever. Oh, it'd be a miserable trip too. Uh, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of roads in that part of Alaska. Yeah. Um, all right, I got one for you. Um, popped into my head while we were talking because I know you're a man who loves some cereal. I want to know what's the goat cereal, man. What's would Jake Rowe gets to eat one cereal the rest of his life? What's it going to be, man? This is a really hard question. <laughs> I know. And, and, and listen, it's not because there are a bunch of different options. There's two. There's two, and there's only two. There's cinnamon toast crunch, goat, and there's Reese's Puffs. Oh, dude, come on! That's such an inferior cereal. Mm, to I don't know. I, I've I've got a soft spot for it, man. Wow. I've got a soft spot for the Reese's Puffs. 
Uh, I would have to go with Cinnamon Toast Crunch because the, 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 the Reese's Puffs don't do shit for the milk. <laughs> no, sure. But but you know, listen. Eat milk after cinnamon toast. Yeah. If you listen, if you've got like a all right, I ate an early dinner. I ate you know five thirty dinner or whatever, and I'm sitting there like nine o'clock watching you know the last four innings of a Braves game. How the how did he find that? I don't know, man. Somebody's <laughs> be stopped. What the hell is that? Somebody's got to stop Palmer. He's ridiculous tonight. <laughs> Um, but no, if you if I'm sitting there, you know, it's it, looking, you know, we're getting to the middle of the fifth inning, nine o'clock. I hate a five thirty dinner. Stomach starts rumbling, ready to eat. There's some cinnamon toast crunch in there. I'm probably going to a couple bowls, maybe a bowl and a half, and uh, that milk is going to be divine. On, you yeah, know, going down. The cinnamon toast crunch is amazing, but I do love Reese's Puffs a lot. Cinnamon toast crunch is elite. Um, I would put right behind that. Uh, Reggie says Captain Crunch, and if Captain Crunch didn't screw your mouth up, so just much, didn't murder your mouth. I yeah. mean, it just—I mean, it commits assault on my mouth every time. Like Adam Schefter, assault. It's assault. Yeah, yeah. And the Crunch Berries do weird things on the other end too. The colors, the dye that they use, is not suitable for human consumption. Oh, um, man. I, dude, I—I'm I, serious. I'm not kidding you. I. I, more than once in my life, uh, and because it was so far between the times that I had had uh, or uh, uh, Captain Crunch with the Crunch Berries, I mean, it'd been like like six, seven years since I'd had it. Like I, I ended up on WebMD, and I was like, "What's causing this? What's yeah. happening right now?" <laughs> Dude, yeah, we threw my daughter. Uh, my by the way, my my uh, my uh, middle daughter or my middle child, um, or I've got four, so we can say my youngest daughter. Uh, Lanier turned eight today. Lanier is eight. So happy birthday to her. Um, when we had her, I think it was her third birthday party. It was a penguin birthday and we had our penguin cake and penguins are black. Uh, you know, so you're, so you're cutting little squares of the cake, whatever people are eating the cakes. And I serve some barbecue and everything like that. And my dad calls me, they leave after the party and come home. My dad calls me, goes, Hey, what you doing? Nothing. What's going on? He goes, I just had to stop at eating and go to the bathroom. Eatonton, by the way, is what we were saying. And I said, oh, yeah? He goes, yeah. He goes, hey, you're going to need to call some people from that party. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He goes, call everybody that ate that cake from that party. And I was like, I'm not so sure. I've got a sign-in sheet. What's going on here? He said, they're, they're going to be alarmed. They're going to be really alarmed at, at kind of the way things happen later on in the day. And I said, oh, my God, are you for real? He goes, yeah, there's something about that cake. just turns you different colors. And, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. man, I was just dying laughing. That's kind of where my way my dad's head works. So <laughs> here's um, a penguin cake. We Why got a penguin not? cake. Yeah. Okay, that's, we got to get. That's wild to think about. The Lanier is eight, man. Because you and I, because I, I mean, I knew you before yeah. she was born. That's you crazy did. to think about, man. That's wild. you did, and she's eight. Um, you know, so I uh, got got my man Henry turning four here in just a little bit. Uh, uh, so uh, and I'll be turning forty, not before long. So you probably do up for another one, man. No, <laughs> I've been fixed, bro. I've been I've been spayed. I've been spayed and neutered. Fair, fair. Got it funded by Bob Barker's foundation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's enough. We're running out of stuff to talk about. We went for an over an hour again. Uh, it's been barking the dark. We love you guys so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. We don't have a guest uh, lined up yet, but we've got some irons in the fire, and we'll uh, we're, we're expecting to get nice and hot. We'll see.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.